Hello everybody and welcome to the Manchester is Red podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me on this lovely sunny day while we're all stuck inside is Mr Rich Fay. How's it going mate? Yeah, like you said, it's, it is nice. I wish I was outside at the moment, but I guess that almost fits the mood today. The transfer window is officially open. I guess there's a bit mm-hmm. of a spring in the step for everyone and light at the end of the tunnel that finally there might be some mm-hmm. movement in the weeks ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have just stolen me thunder there from a little nice little intro I had planned, but we'll move on. Go for on. it, go for it. Ah, it's, it's gone now, it's gone now. I was just going to go on a whole rigmarole about how, you know, nine months, Rich, me, you, all our lovely colleagues here at the Manchester Unionese, we slave away, don't we, uh, through a season, reporting on every game in the most minute of detail, no stone left unturned, but now, even though the season has finished, we're getting to what we really want. As you said, the transfer window has officially opened. It feels like it's been open for the last two months anyway because every deal is already... The, the biggest deal of the transfer window has probably already been done with Manchester City getting Erling Haaland. But no, the window is finally open wide for business. We've got until 11pm on September 1st. So it's going to be a big few months for United. And I don't know as we get onto the... As we're on the first day now, it's been quiet so far, but that's kind of, as we've said previously, it's kind of understandable with all the ch- um, the changes, moves and shake-ups that have been happening, kind of in the managerial position, of course, and then behind the scenes at Old Trafford and Carrington. But no, no, we're kind of fully open. How are United looking? What is, um in brief, before we kind of go into more detail, what is the, the current state of play as, as you understand it? Well, I guess the current state of play is what United have reiterated is the window has only been open for a matter of hours so far. So, you know, it's still so early in the summer and United were almost being criticised by some impatient fans on social media saying, why haven't they signed someone yet? Well, the window's only just opened and that's only for domestic deals anyway. I mean, the Erling Haaland deal won't go through till the 1st of July anyway. So United have just been going about business as they should do, really, quite methodically, not what trying to rush anything, not trying to get lured in by agent speak or any of that sort. And it just sums United up, really, that they get criticised for doing deals too quick and rushing into them, or they get criticised for taking too long over a deal. The fact is, the window's only just opened. The operating, as most clubs are, it just doesn't help that, like you said, there are a few, and it so happens to be Liverpool and City have both signed players before the window is actually opened. So there's extra pressure on United to sort of respond in their own in their own way to that. But I think that the mood around Old Trafford at the moment is, is quite calm. They know that it's a long-term project. They know that they need to get these long-term ambitions in place. They need to sign the right players and do the proper checks behind the scenes. You know, understand that there's been maybe greater emphasis put on the personalities they signed this summer because in the past United have bought very good players and they've bought other players who aren't as good but do have the right personality. And this summer is about trying to match that up and make sure you get not only top players who enhance the team but players who enhance the dressing room as well and really do buy into the ideas that Ten Hag's putting in place. And again, making sure that players are joining United for the right reasons because there might be players out there who sound good on paper but they don't necessarily want to be coming to a Europa League team who do have an unproven manager in charge. I know that he's done well in, in Holland, but you need to make sure that these players are joining for the right reason. So United are just taking their time. There's no rush whatsoever. Pre-season doesn't start till the 27th of June. So things are, are going well, going a bit quietly from United's point of view, but they could quickly gather pace if deals are are agreed. Yeah, definitely. I think... I, I think maybe a reason for the kind of sense of maybe anxiety or impatience from supporters is that it's such 
importance summer for United. You know, Ralph Rangnick kind of astutely pointed out, probably to his own detriment, probably need 10 signings. We can almost be certain that that is definitely not going to happen. I think if we get five or six in, it'd be quite a good one. But United, you know, last summer they got three in and that was seen as a massive success. And it probably should have been with the calibre of playing. Obviously, we know how it all turned out. Four was never been. How could I forget? How could My apologies. <laughs> but even in that case, like United are just not very efficient of late. Mm. Maybe that'll change with kind of the new hierarchy that's been put in place. But for the last few years, they haven't gotten deals through quickly. There's been four attempts to get Sancho in, and I know not efficient. They don't Liverpool, as an example, City, they wanted Haaland, they got Haaland. Liverpool wanted a Carvalho, they went and got Carvalho, no messing. United, maybe sometimes it's out of their hands but they are not efficient they don't get deals done and when you need so many deals done in a relatively short amount of time I can understand where that kind of fear perhaps comes from because as we'll go into pretty much every position on the pitch needs strengthening in a couple of months it's a yeah, big undertaking yeah it is a big undertaking and I think that you know that's why United wanted to get Ten Hag in place before the end of the season. You know he was never going to take charge of matches before the campaign had ended, but United wanted to have that clarity so that you know before the season ended they could have these recruitment meetings, which you know they, they usually sort of start working on their summer targets as soon as the January window closes. You know from February March that's when you really sort of finalise your shortlist and start to whittle them down and start to gauge which players might be open to a move and you know who might be available this summer. So that's why they want to get Ten Hag in. They've done that. They've had these recruitment meetings, but it's still a bit of a, a slow process. And you know, United's problem in the past was they could only sort of do one deal at a time. They they just didn't seem to know how to work on two high-profile transfers at a time. They had to, you know, the Solskjaer season, uh, summer three years ago, it was Dan James, then they did Wan-Bissaka, then they did Harry Maguire right at the end. And that was it, really. There was no time to, to work on more than that. Of course, we saw that, sort of compromised on that deadline day when they signed Ahmad, Palestri, Cavani and Tellez, but the quality of player wasn't very good. So they weren't very hard deals to complete anyway. And you'd say that they probably did pay over the odds for every player who arrived for a fee on that day as well. And Cavani was a free agent, but it's going to be really interesting. I think that in a way you've got to give United credit now and got to give them time to see how they actually do operate because we can't keep criticising them on the past regime when that regime has changed now. You know, This is a fresh start for them and we've got to give them the lenience to say, go on then, prove us wrong almost. So yeah, United could go out here and have a, a much more productive summer, get the right players for you know, the right fees and get a couple of high profile players in maybe and, and work on simultaneous deals as well. But until that happens, there's always going to be that scepticism as you said and it's only at the end of the summer window we'll, we'll be able to look at it and sort of fairly judge just how successful they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And as, as we say, it's going to be a really interesting few months, but it's not all, the transfer is not all just the exciting incomings. There are going to be outgoings. There already have been outgoings or there certainly will be by the end of the month. We know that six players um, have already gone or will be leaving in uh, Paul Pogba, Enzo Cavani, Jesse Lingard, Juan Matan, Manu Matic, and of course, Lee Grant, um, another goalkeeper who could never be forgotten. But, there's probably, or there at least should be more rich. And, you know, Anthony Marshall, he wants to leave. Aaron Wambasaka um, doesn't seem to be in Eric Ten Hag's plans. Bailey and Jones could both go. Uh, Brandon Williams doesn't look like he has much of a future. It's still un unsure. I know Van der Beek will probably get a chance under his old manager, but 
We still don't know how that will play out. And of course, Dean Henderson looks to be potentially out of the door as well. So United, that's a lot of departures, possibly nearly 10, 12 departures in one summer. That's and I know we've all been saying for a long time United need a clear out, and there's there's no shame in that at all. It's what they do need. But losing that amount of players in one fell swoop, um, one fell swoop is like quite a quite a blow that you're losing a lot of squad depth there. And they're not that squad depth might not be the best quality, but you still need bodies in, and it doesn't, as we've just kind of discussed, it's like it's doubt, doubtful that they're gonna get them like for like um in terms of numbers. But what they need to do is maybe the city modeling, you're getting players who are versatile enough and tactically flexible enough to play in multiple positions, multiple roles, but you know, getting that quality to offset the quantity that's being lost. Where where do we stand on the possible departures in the next few months? Who, who do you see leaving? Yeah, like you said, there has to be that compromise because as this is being released, I presume, on the Friday. The retained list should be out by the end of the day. We'll know exactly, you know, the other sort of new teamers as well who won't be given new deals at the club. Like you said, six players leaving for free already. That's guaranteed. And you're not going to replace everyone like for like this summer. United accept that. They know that. There's lots of players who didn't have a role to play anyway. So you don't really need to replace them. I look at the likes of Juan Mata and Jesse Lingard. I said on the previous podcast earlier this week, you know, they were playing such minimal roles in the team anyway that you don't need to buy a new Jesse Lingard. You don't need to buy a new Juan Mata because Hannibal, Choritire, Garnacho, they are the replacements for that because they only have to play 20 minutes here and now, come in for the Carabao Cup games, come in for the Europa League group stage games. So you don't need to replace some of these some of these players on the bench. But like you said, they already needed the midfielder before Pogba and Matic have gone. They already need a new striker before Cavani goes. So there's still areas that do need to be offset. And I think until you've, until you've sort of strengthened those positions, it's going to be hard to justify selling anyone else. Because United need at least two midfielders. They need a defensive specialist, which they've need long-term. And they do need someone who's a bit more progressive, who can replace what Pogba is bringing to the team. Frankie de Jong would be the ideal fit there, really. Of course, it's about convincing him to join. It seems that Barcelona do want him out. And I think Frankie de Jong is coming to terms with the fact that he's not wanted at the new camp anymore. And, you know, that will change his opinion he will become more open to a move to United but if he's then deemed as someone who is happy to move this summer then maybe someone like PSG or Man City also threw that hat in the ring so it's not going to be straightforward United obviously the, the name who sell the most paper and get the most views online so they're going to be linked with almost every player so I think United's priority of course is to strengthen the field they've accepted that they need to get another striker in and I think that you've you can't sell another forward until you've got that striker in. Because worst case scenario, you might, United might end the summer without a new recruit up front, in which case someone like Anthony Marshall does still have a role to play. Yes, it's a minimal one, but I just don't think you can afford to let players like him leave until you've already got your your sort of dream forward line for next season in place. So, you know, there's going to be lots of mitigation, I think, in terms of who is allowed to leave. Centre-back is overstocked. We know United want a new centre-back, but even if they didn't get one this summer, there's still reason to get rid of Twan Zabi, get rid of Bailly, Phil Jones, you know, you've got there in the ranks as well. You've also got Ted Mengi, who has been unfortunate of injuries, but he could come in and supplement that sort of fourth or fifth centre-back role as well. Full-backs, we know wan is being offered to clubs. He's free to go. But then again, if you can't find a buyer for him or you can't find someone to take him on loan, it's a risk, isn't it? Because you'd only have Joe Godalo. Ethan Laird hasn't done it at Bournemouth. He's not been good enough this season, really. I know he's shown signs of promise. Again, 
susceptible to injuries himself. And then Brandon Williams, a player who, you know, you'd be selling him for a rather nominal fee. It's not going to sell, you're not going to get too much for him, but he's a useful squad player to have if you can't sign a fullback. But if you do sign a fullback, then he can go because he's got no purpose at all, really, in the squad. So I do think that the additional sales are going to depend largely on how United's recruitment's going itself. Like I said, I think you've almost got to jump through the hoop of buying a new player in before you can then sell some of the other players. I do think there'll be four, four or five permanent departures as well from United this summer, a few loans. But like we said, it's just about getting the recruitment right first so that you can actually endorse those sales. Absolutely. Well, let's kind of move on to the exciting bit, that recruitment. As you kind of succinctly put there, midfield is the biggest priority and Frankie de Jong does look like he is the, the top target at present. But as I've kind of written today in a piece, and as you said there, he isn't the defensive midfielder that they need. And if they somehow, to be fair, if they somehow pull this signing off, I think it's a real good statement of United to show that even at their lowest ebb, the worst ever Premier League points tally, near, nearly, you know, if West Ham, you know, if Moyes didn't Moyes, probably the worst ever finish in the Premier League, and just about managed to avoid that. And they can still get a player if they get it of that calibre, then that that is some statement of intent. And I think would be a real kind of not only would it make um great be great for Ten Hag tactically to have players so um, familiar with his methods on the pitch um and ready to implement his style and instructions from the off, that would be such a big help in kind of getting this team to adapt quickly to what he wants, which will be such a such a departure from the kind of unorganized rabble that they've either supplement uh, either kind of tormented themselves to by not following instructions or previous coaches just haven't been able to organize correctly i imagine a bit of both and then it'll just i think it'll be such a boost to the supporters to have such a big name in but as we say i and as you said that i still have massive doubts because just across manchester city need a midfielder could there be a more pet guardiola midfielder available in the market than frankie de jong i don't know they still need a defensive midfielder. De Jong, while he can play there, he does it in a maybe like a Pirlo sort of role where he's kind of dictating play, passing from deep. He isn't um, your man who's going to kind of really um, protect the defence and put in hard tackles when you need it. So even if De Jong does come, I hope that doesn't lead to defensive midfield kind of being brushed under the rug again for another year because I believe that would be very costly. But with Calvin Phillips also kind of being linked with City, um, looking like I know we know City wants him with Fernandinho leaving, and you know City obviously the more attractive proposition at present. Where do United kind of go in that defensive midfield position? Because it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of you know Tuchemeni. I don't think they ever had a chance in hell really, but he's already gone to Madrid. Declan Rice looks like a non-starter this year, um, if ever. I, and there's not many other options kind of floating about. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is um, Wilfred and Didi would obviously. You know, one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Leicester had a bad season last year. He may be open to a move, but he, as as we kind of mentioned there with other players, he's kind of susceptible to injuries himself. So, so who, where do you kind of see the defensive midfielder coming at this point? Yes, yeah, it is a really interesting question there, Dan. And like you said, there haven't been too many of a sort of standout names. I know that Ibrahim Sangare sort of appeared on the radar of a few fans in recent days. I mean, I think anyone who plays in the Dutch league is basically linked to United at this moment in time. It's just plucking names out of a hat, really. I can't say I've ever watched him play, so I, I don't know what I can I can offer on that at all. In terms of plays that United know, I mean, like you said, Calvin Phillips is like Jack Grealish two years ago when Villa stayed up, Leeds staying up is all but almost scuppered that move because, like I said, they're they're in no rush to sell 
their star player and particularly not to their most fierce rivals. So I can't see that one happening. Declan Rice, like I said, was a no non-starter. Would have taken a nine-figure sum this summer at, at the very least. But yeah, United can't get too distracted by Frank Jong. You can't buy a, a new sofa when you've got a leak in the roof. You just need to address that that long-term issue in the squad. And you know, James Garner could come into the squad squad and help help them, uh, same as Donny van der Beek, to address the sort of more progressive midfielder. But there is no one to replace what Nemanja Matic was bringing to the squad. Even towards the end of last season, he was still the only one doing that. So they have to buy there. Like you said, Ndidi, interesting one. Eve Basuma as well at Brighton. Both should be attainable for United this summer. It depends, you know, if United want to go for someone who's Premier League proven or not, or if they see there's better value in the market by going to, like we said, the Dutch leagues, etc. And Gola Kante's been, you know, thrown about as a name as well. I, I think I suggested that early in the year when Chelsea were having their sort of takeover issues themselves, that he'd be a great acquisition. But the... Um, the concerns with Kante are his injury record hasn't been great. He missed a lot of games for Chelsea this season. Thomas Tuchel said himself that, you know, he he's such a unique player. He does things that no one else in the world game does. But his availability has become an issue for Chelsea. And United needs someone who can play every game in the Premier League and then in the cup competitions as and when he's needed as well. So I don't think Kante's the, the midfielder they, they need as their main defensive midfielder this summer. So yeah, it's a really, really interesting one. I I would go for someone myself personally who is experienced in the Premier League. I would be going for, like we said, Basuma or going for, like we said, Ndidi. I mean, it's a shame that I think Zambo and Guisa signed now for Napoli permanently. He was on loan there from Fulham this season. I do think that it helps having someone who who understands the Premier League because it is such a unique sort of set of circumstances in English football. But at this moment in time, there isn't really a, a standout defensive midfield name who seems to be catching the eye of everyone, really. So, yeah, it's one to watch. But at the moment, Frankie de Jong is the only midfielder United fans seem to really care about anyway. Yeah, it's definitely a shallow pool. And I'll let's talk about De Jong now. I still I wouldn't want to put a percentage or anything on it, but I'd still lean to it being less likely than likely, even though there's kind of growing kind of excitement and confidence perhaps of it actually happening. I'd I still wouldn't be surprised if a you know a, a Champions League team would come in and just goes up United at some point. So should they not get De Jong, where do you think they need to look? For you know this more dynamic kind of more box to box creative midfielder, because I should say you don't necessarily need to replace Lingard, uh, replace Lingard and Mata, but when you lose Lingard, Mata, Pogba, and even Matic to an extent was getting some assist, um, some assists and doing some nice passes toward the end of the season. When you lose so many kind of players with that bit of creative spark, a bit of attacking impetus, I still think you need at least one to come in and kind of take up that mantle. Now, as you said there, Donny Van Der Beek best years of his career was um so far was obviously under Ten Hag and was brilliant in that role. Um you know I remember his performance against Real Madrid he was absolutely excellent. There's, could could he find that form that United signed him on the back off? That would certainly kind of lessen the load and the need for one there. And as I said James Garner's been very impressive of late. Can he make that step up? Hopefully I have kind of I ever since he did a tur- I think it was a game against Norwich maybe three years ago now or two years ago whenever we are in the the Norwich up and down cycle. He came on for like 10 minutes and on the halfway line did like a little pirouette on the ball and absolutely sent, I think it was Buendia, just sent him to the cleaners. I, even from then, I was like, oh, this kid's got something. He could really um, make a step up. Could he do it? That would be interesting to see. But if not, I, 
who 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 are we looking at there? The only names that I've kind of seen and would make sense either Ruben Neves or Yuri Tielemans, both kind of not necessarily your kind of flamboyant playmaker number tens, but both players who can pick a pass, smash one in from forty yards. But I think just keep midfields ticking over. Really nice possession players, loads of Premier League experience, both very young as well. And you'd think not, but I think Tielemans out of contract next year. I want to say and. Neves maybe the year after, so potentially not um, a massive transfer fee involved for either there, you'd have thought either. No, exactly. I think United do need someone, like you said there, who is sensible in possession and who ensures they don't give the ball away in stupid areas of the pitch because so many of United's issues, while the, while the centre-backs are slaughtered every week for conceding goals, a lot of it comes from a lack of protection in midfield, giving the ball away in needless positions on the pitch and then not covering your own ground really you need someone who is athletic and fit enough to do those repeat runs I mean Scott McTominay has shown I know fans alarm bells will be ringing at the suggestion of his name but he just doesn't seem to have the the fitness to repeat those sort of short burst runs in the course of 90 minutes which United need they need someone who is an absolute monster really in midfield Nevers and Tielmans, like you said, I do think they'd both be great players, both be great acquisitions for United again this summer. But again, the interesting point for me, and you mentioned Van der Beek and you mentioned Garner, I do think one of them could step up and get a lot more minutes next season. Maybe not as the starter every week, but certainly you know, making 25, 30 Premier League appearances. The issue again, though, comes full circle because when we think about Van der Beek at Ajax, it was because they had Lasse Schoener doing the dirty work at the at the base of the midfield. I mean, I've, Ten Hag said himself that, you know, Frankie Jong was the player who allowed Ajax to play football. He was the the brains behind it, really, because he was so clever, so calm, so composed in midfield. But the unsung hero of the Ajax team was Schoener because he was doing all the dirty work defensively. And I do think that United maybe have enough of enough for one season if they weren't to buy a progressive midfielder, as long as they get a defensive midfield, because... Again, last season, I think that Fred was just as good as Pogba at times in that that sort of supplementary role alongside Fernandez. He, the further forward Fred was playing, the better he was. He was still making some stupid errors. His passing was still just bamboozling at times, but it was getting better. And in the final third, he was becoming a threat. He had some great assists. He was a bit of a goal threat here and there. And I think that if you got a, a proper recognised defensive midfielder, then you could go into the new season with Fred and Fernandez start in most games. And then, like we said, use Van der Beek, use Garner off the bench to to replace those two. Like I said, it's not ideal. The the the, the plan, sorry, for United is still to buy a defensive midfielder and a central midfielder. But I think that you could just about get away next season. Not winning the league, I'm not saying that, but you could still get top four by just signing a proper high-quality defensive midfielder, I think. Yeah, I tend to agree, but... I, I... I do think that midfield is the most crucial position they have to get right this summer. We know that the club have recognised that and made the defensive midfield the top priority. I say they can't get too lost in the weeds with De Jong. If they can get him in, brilliant. But if they, no, if it starts detracting from this defensive midfielder, that's a crucial signing, then I think it might just be a time to kind of abandon ship sort of thing. Because I, I, I completely agree with you. This. And the midfield is so crucial to how Ten Hag will play, how his style it will all obviously kind of germinate from how well his midfield can pass and can move up the pitch. If that's wrong, then, you know, it could... No one's got high expectations, I don't think, of Ten Hag in his first season. I think there'll be a lot of leniency, a lot of patience. But I think 
if the midfield doesn't get started, then that patience will be stretched to its finest. But another kind of position, as we mentioned, that is kind of maybe a big priority. I, I, I think it should be at least is centre back and defence. You know, you mentioned there that maybe Bailly and Jones will end up staying and Twanzebi for that matter if there's no takers, and they'll have a lot of numbers in the um, in the centre back positions. You know, seven if you include Mengi as well, but. They haven't got a lot of quality, at least on form. Maguire, as we've you know, has been well established, had a really difficult campaign. Um, Varane had a difficult first season in the Premier League, which was kind of blighted by injuries here and there. And Lindelof, as we've seen over the years, while he does have bright moments, there is a quality ceiling there. A centre back is needed. the The priority at the minute, as we discussed, is Durian Timber. I think that would be a really smart, ideal signing. Obviously, as we've said with Young. Knows Ten Hag really well, knows what's needed of him. 20 years old, all the potential to get even better. And of course, his versatility at right back. But I can kind of foresee a scenario where he comes in, maybe wan has loaned out, there's only Dallow. Timber kind of comes in at right back, ends up nailing that position, has it as his own. And then United are left where they are in centre-back with the same options, which if the form of the, the main three doesn't improve, when it's not going to have fixed anything. So I was kind of touting yesterday that maybe they should kind of look at um, Sven Botman from Lille, who's up being heavily linked with Newcastle. He spent 10 years in the Ajax youth ranks. I'd imagine if he doesn't know Ten Hag personally, he'll at least know what he wants. He's brought up in the Ajax school and he's left-footed centre-back, which United are lacking and uh, could well do with, um, as they've been linked with Paul Torres. Um, really good on the ball. He's a bit slow from what I've seen. But he's really good on the ball, good in distribution, and uh, quite good in aerial duels and whatnot. So that would seem, and maybe um, apparently thirty million available for which isn't is not uh, not a bad deal at all for that sort of player. That's where I'd be looking if I was United. But again, I feel like they may just stick with Timber, two birds with one stone. But again, might backfire. Muted, pal. Thank you. Yeah, and on Botman, I spoke to someone sort of involved in, in those deals this week and they said that, you know, just be maybe cautious around that one. They said that a new name appears in the paper every single day. So I think Botman is someone who I'd say is distant from from being linked to United probably still at this moment in time. I know he was looked at um, last summer uh, briefly as well, but he, he wasn't sort of, I don't, I'm not sure he made it onto the final shortlist of the five names they had. I know that, that we said um, Torres and, and Varane were both on that. And, you know, Torres is again this summer. It, it is a really tricky one because I do understand what you mean in terms of centre-back. And, you know, Varane and Maguire is a really interesting one because they've only lost 13%. United have only lost 13% of games when they've both started. You know, their winning record of them is is really good, actually. The issue is that Varane is just never fit. Now, can that be solved? If you can get Varane fit, I do think him and Maguire is good enough, particularly if Maguire is you know, stripped of the armband and he can just concentrate on his football again. And I think the other elements as well, when you think about United defensively, are the other areas of the pitch. If you've got a recognised defensive midfielder and if your team is set up properly where the attackers are your first line of defence and you're pressing properly and you're really cohesive as a unit and you're moving around properly and you're always communicating to one another, then there's less pressure on the centre-backs because you don't have to rely on them as much as you are doing at the moment in time. So I do think that while the personnel are, you know, have been weak this season and they've they, everyone's had moments where they've looked really bad, I do think it's a wider team issue. And in terms of centre-back, 
it's going to be really hard to attract someone who, if they're going to the World Cup anyway, will come to United and be guaranteed a playing time and not jeopardise their place in the World Cup squad. But also, who's going to come to United and be happy with being third choice? Because the harsh reality is United have a World Cup winner in Varane, an £80 million defender in Maguire, and then you've got Lindelof as well, who you know was, was over £30 million himself. If you're spending another big fee on a defender, then you've someone's got to miss out. Either Maguire or Varane becomes fourth choice. I know fans will be said, we'll get rid of Maguire, he's crap. You know, he's not worth £80 million, but he's still got something there. And there's a reason United have stuck by him. And I do think that he could, in a way, Harry Maguire, almost be like their most improved player next season. And I know he's come from a very low position, but if United do sort out the rest of their team, and, you know, he doesn't have the expectation of the captain's armband on him. I do think he could be, you know, bingo card time, like a like a brand new player in a way. You know, he could be so revitalised that he's not an issue anymore. But, of course, there's lots of ifs and buts in that. And I just think that, centre, you know, signing a new centre-back is tricky because it's just so hard to get someone in who's happy to not be starting every week. And that's why I said that like you said there, I think Timber is the only one that really makes sense at the moment because he can play right back and he is 20 years old. So he can be someone who's a long-term option through the middle and doesn't have to play straight away every single game. Yeah, absolutely. As you're right, as, you, as you're right in saying like defending is more than just the four lads at the back holding the line. It's, you know, it's a structural, you defend as a team, you know, you attack as a team, you defend as a team. It's a structural plan. It's, how well you press from the front, how well you protect your defence, etc. And I say, if Ten Hag can implement all the stuff we've seen him do at Ajax to great success, then as you say, maybe the need for a defence, uh, new defenders, isn't quite as high, at least um, in the middle. As you say, right back, if you sign Timber, that potentially solves both issues. But we haven't really heard many more right back names being linked. So the only one I could think who could maybe be like a budget um, interesting young player signing would be Jed Spence, who alongside Garner was brilliant last year in the Championship, a really attacking fullback. But again, the player who was actually on loan at Nottingham Forest last season from Middlesbrough because he just wasn't um, getting into the Middlesbrough side, um, that would be a big step up and big, uh, not a big risk. I can't see him being too costly, but certainly him and Dallow, you probably perhaps wouldn't want to be relying on all season. Do you see any other right backs other than potentially Timber coming in? <sighs> It's a difficult one. I know I think Denzel Dumfries has been linked. He was great at the European Championship with Holland. And again, if you're Dutch or you play in the Dutch league, you want to be linked to United this summer. The, the fact of the matter is that signing a new fullback is something United want to do. It's something they've been looking at for a while. Obviously, it was Kieran Trippier a year ago, but they opted against that. It's still an area that needs to be addressed, but I just think that it is it is far down the pecking order. And I know that fullbacks are a lot more important now in modern football. But I just don't see it as a massive priority for this summer because you, know, so you need at least two midfielders. You need at least one striker, preferably two. And then you'd go to centre-back. And then maybe you have to go to goal if Dean Henson does leave and you know Ten Hag's not keen on Tom Heaton being back up. So it's really difficult and there's so much mitigation in it. Like you said, it would just be sort of plucking names and saying who who it is that we we sort of like ourselves in terms of who might fit in at fullback. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one and it's a it's a really tough one to gauge. I mean, I do think that Red Spence would be good. I really like what I saw from him last season, but 
playing for Mills, oh, sorry, for playing for Nottingham Forest and playing for Man United is completely different. The expectation is just, a, you know, it can absolutely kill a player. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be too, what <laughs> wouldn't be too, like, wouldn't be. Too, I guess I wouldn't expect much from him if he came. I wouldn't want to throw him into the starting lineup because. Yeah, he's had what like one good season at Nottingham Forest on loan. It's it's such a risk to take. I I I'd maybe even say like Max Aaron's at Norwich, just been relegated, can play on both flanks. Okay, again, is he someone that comes in and starts every week? I'm not so sure, but he's definitely a good backup to have. So I think that at this moment in time, it's just it's just not the priority. So I think United are just gonna have to see what happens really in terms of who who goes out and like we say if they get rid of Wan Bissaka, particularly if they sold him, then you need to get a new right back in. But until that happens, I think that the focus has to lie elsewhere. Well let's move to that um the bigger focus further up the pitch. As you mentioned there, it's kind of the attacking positions. We'll kind of throw striker and then winger and wide forward or whatever you want to say into kind of one part. It is interesting. As we said, Cavani's gone, um Mason Greenwood obviously unavailable Rashford having a poor season and doesn't look like he's taking that central spot anytime soon. Likewise with Martial, if he doesn't leave. They need another centre-forward, but the only one we've kind of seen with proper interest is Darwin Nunes, and it looks like the lack of Champions League football is once again going to prove costly on that front. You know, when Liverpool come calling, when you know they're competing on so many fronts and, and obviously do, in the midst of something very special, it's a no-brainer to go to Anfield instead at present, unfortunately, for United. He would be perfect, Darwin Nunes, 34 goal, I think 38 goal contributions in 41 games last season. Goals in the Champions League against uh, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Liverpool. He, you know, We've seen with Luis Diaz last season, came to the Premier League in January, instant impact, looked brilliant, didn't look like the step up from Portuguese football to Premier League was any trouble. But the way Nunes is going, it looks like it could very well be a similar story. It'd be great, but I don't think that's going to happen. United are going to have to look a bracket below, I think, if they want to get their cent- uh, their central striker, the names. I-, I think the same with kind of Nkunku. An amazing season in the Bundesliga. Well, if he does leave RB Leipzig, will have um, admirers in much better positions than United. So I think they're going to have to look into kind of lesser pools, so to speak. We know there's been kind of interest or looking at Moussa Dembele for some time, but he's not, I don't believe he's particularly, you know, ripped up any trees at Leon, I don't believe. Maybe he'll put me in my place there. But I think the look, I, again, what we talked about earlier about the Premier League experience maybe being a bit better, I think that's where I'd maybe be looking. United, while they're obviously at the lowest ebb at the minute, they do have some pulling power with the prestige of the club and the, the, the project, as we've heard so many times, but this time maybe it will actually bear some fruit, the project that is in place. So I'd potentially be looking further down the Premier League. Maybe a Dominic Carvalho-Lewin or an Ivan Tony, both players, I know, Calvert-Lewin struggled last year, but he's certainly shown his quality in the past in a poor Everton side. Tony came up to the Premier League and adapted brilliantly, scored, um, got into double figures at least. That I think that's the sort of pool United will be looking at in the middle. And then, again, if they go out wide, like they've got maybe Palestri and Ahmad to come back in. Maybe they'll show something we obviously know all about Ganacho. Maybe he'll get a chance next year to kind of provide some um, reinforcements on them flanks. But... If United want to imp- um, kind of improve, it looks like maybe Ajax's Anthony would be an interesting um, option. He certainly set uh, the Eredivisie alight last year. And then recently kind of been monitoring Dan Juma at Villarreal, obviously former, formerly of Bournemouth as well. So wh- how do you reckon the, the attacking positions will play out this summer? Yeah, again, it's a really interesting one. Again, there's a lot of mitigation because I think we counted, I did an article on it, 
on this this week that United had eight players who played on the left wing last season and they've got no one really who stands out on the right wing. So you look at someone like Marcus Rashford, he hasn't got a future on the left really because he's got so much competition. You've got Sancho there, Gonacho, Alanga. He's going to have to switch to the right-hand side or go through the middle if he's going to have a future in the Ten Hag. But he doesn't want to be a right winger and he's not good enough to play through the middle. He's only ever been a striker when United haven't had other options there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this one plays out. Like I said, Darwin Nunes was of interest to United, but Liverpool are going to win that race, it looks like. And why And why would you not want to go to Liverpool over United right now? And I guess maybe the positive is that, well, at least United are scouting these players that Liverpool want now. That makes a difference, doesn't it? I mean, where were they in the Luis Diaz pursuit? Nowhere to be seen. So maybe that's a step in the right direction. But in terms of actual names who are standing out, like we said, Dan Juma, one of interest, but again, It'd be such a ruthless call to bring him in and make him a starter because he did play a lot through the middle this season for Real. Most of his games came as part of sort of a two-pronged attack, but he is primarily a left winger. Moussa Dembele, we know those interests sort of, well, sort of initial inquiries for him from as early as March this year. They've been looking at him for a while anyway. It's just one to see. I think United clearly do want at least one new striker this summer. I think they've got to get someone who because we're, we're losing Cavani as well. You just can't rely on Ronaldo every single week, and particularly the Europa League games. Ronaldo shouldn't be playing in any of those group stage games, ideally. You've got some interesting players at youth level. You've got McNeil, Hugo. I still think they're both too young to really be pushed into the first team proper. You could see maybe McNeil get chances in the in the group stage if United were qualified by you know match day six. But they need a new face up front. There doesn't seem to be anyone else who's sort of stand out at this moment in time because I think that Nunes is still quite an active transfer going on. United aren't ruled out of that as a deal, but like we said, Liverpool looks the most likely. So until there's confirmation he's going to Merseyside, I think United have to be considered in that one just because, you know, they are of interest and they, they do want him. So... Yeah, there's, a, there's just so much mitigation again. There's just so much mitigation. Again, it comes down to what does Ten Hag want to do with Palestri, Ahmad, Marshall? Again, you can group Rashford into that. He might have some plan to use one of them properly next season, but you just don't know yet. So I think that we'll sort of get answers on that once the team are back in pre-season and once Ten Hag has actually had the discussions with the players and actually had a chance to use them. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly going to be an interesting summer. That's the lay of the land as we stand. Um, it's a, a lot of intrigue at the moment, um, a lot of vague uh, interest everywhere. And But hopefully the pictures will become clearer um, as the weeks roll on and United start to get some players in and then we can have a, a clearest um, sight of what Eric Ten Hag will be working with, as Rich said, when the players come back or the first group of players, at least, who haven't been on international duty, come back for pre-season on June 27th. Um, of course, we'll have all the latest transfer rumours and, of course, um, uh, insight into what's happening at the club. All right, over on ManchesterEveningNews.co.uk. You can get us on Twitter at ManUnitedMEN and, of course, on Facebook with the Manchester United Manchester Evening News page. So keep up to date with all the latest transfer news for throughout the summer right there. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll see you then. Ta-ra.